Now, when I was asked to come in to help a company go from 40 million in revenue to 65 million in revenue, you know, there were a few things that I did and I'm gonna talk about those. Actually, you know what, I'm gonna play some clips from the Business Talk library that talks about the critical things that we did. Now, each of these clips are maybe, you know, one to two minutes long, but they are very, very clearly pointing out the things that we did. Now, before we jump into that, what I'll say is, you know what, go over to YouTube, go over to Apple, Stitcher, you know, whatever you listen to podcasts and click the subscribe button and turn the notification bell on so you can get more great videos like this. Now, also, before I jump into the details of actually what we did and breaking that down, do understand you don't have to be a $40 million business to actually implement some of these ideas. I mean, if you really listen, you can take these ideas and you can implement them at any stage of your business. But do understand none of these ideas are shortcuts. I mean, if you're looking for a shortcut that, you know, grow your business to seven figures plus or millions and millions with absolutely no effort, you probably want to go watch some other show, go watch some other guru on YouTube because I can't help you with that. But what I can tell you is what we really did and how we broke it down to growing a business from 40 to 65 mil or 60 million in revenue. So, the first thing I want to talk about is we started with the marketing. Now, in marketing, there are so many different things that you can look at, but there was a critical analysis that we started doing with the marketing team. And, you know, instead of me trying to explain it to you, I'm going to play this clip because in the clip, you're going to hear exactly what we did. And I took the marketing team step by step like, hey, this is where we are going to start. So, Check out the clip and I'll be right back. And then you also want to look at your gross margin. Now, the reason why gross margin becomes important because I find it very interesting when I'm looking at different companies and I'm just analyzing their financial statements and one of the things that I realize is that there's a product that they're known for but they're not spending as much marketing dollars on it. And I'm just like, okay, all right, what is going on here? Like, why are you not spending money here? Because if you look at the gross margin, this product or product A is more profitable than product B and you're not spending any marketing dollars on product A. Now, one of the big examples of that was if you go back to when cell phones, I guess you can say they start they first started coming out with smartphones. And back during that time, data was very very cheap. It was easy to buy data because one of the things that people that cell phone companies were advertising were you had to pay all this money or they were really advertising minutes. Hey, you can, you know, you can buy have unlimited minutes or hey, buy extra minutes because minutes were how they were, I guess they perceived that they were making their money. But as the smartphones started coming out and people started using more apps what some companies started to realize is that actually when you look at the numbers we make more money on data than we do on the minutes why are we spending all of our marketing dollars on minutes and trying to get people to buy more minutes versus spending our marketing dollars on advertising data because when you look at the numbers they were making more money on the data than they were on the minutes but 
until they actually looked at the numbers, you really couldn't tell. So you want to make sure you're looking at your gross margin and preferably if you can get it by product so you can see, hey, you know what? What product do we have the biggest profit margins on? Because you could find a very big opportunity for you to actually advertise that product more. After we worked with the marketing team and we really drilled that in, one of the things that we started to do next is now we need to step over to the sales team. And one of the important things that we started looking at with the sales team was this next metric. Now this metric drove, I would say, all of our team to start focusing on the right types of activities because before we actually started having these conversations, you know, the sales team wasn't quite sure on where the best place to spend their time. So in this next clip, I'm going to talk about the metric we really started monitoring and watching and talking about on a regular basis with the sales team. And as we started doing that, what we saw were the sales started to grow. And then another thing that you really wanna make sure that you're paying attention to is you wanna pay attention to your conversion rates. Now, this becomes very, very, very important when you start looking at planning and you start looking at the future because if you are not watching your conversion rates, then you have very little idea on how much it actually takes you to grow or to meet your targets. For example, if you're looking at your conversion rates and you're like, hey, for every, you know, every, you know, every customer we win, we had to talk to 10 different customers. And if you had to talk to 10 different customers, then you ask yourself, okay, how much did that cost us in marketing? Or how much did that cost us in resources so that we can have 10 customers in the pipeline and in hopes to close one deal. Now, with your finance person is looking at that, what they are then doing is they are then taking those assumptions and putting them into your long-term financial models. Because when they had that data, they can start projecting out to letting you know, hey, this is what the business is going to look like based on the activity that you're doing. This is what our revenue is going to look like. This is what our cost structure is going to look like. And this is what our cash flow is going to look like because they can take those basic assumptions and run it through their financial model. Now, they need to be communicating that back to you so that you as the sales team or you as the sales director or the VP of sales, that you understand, hey, am I giving my team the right tools and am I giving my team the right targets and the right resources to make sure that we as a business can win as a business and that the sales team is contributing to the positive impact of the business. And the third thing that we did, you know, we still stuck with the sales team because there was one other thing that we needed to do. And to be honest, we kind of pulled the engineering team into this third point that we did. And that one, it really opened up opportunities that we just weren't thinking about before. I mean, when the goal was set that, hey, this is how much you have to grow the business, people were really concerned because they were like, there was no way possible. But in this third clip, I talk about a strategy that we did that really started to open things up for us. And we really started to see like, wow, 
this is really doable. And it was after we did this third piece. Then what you may need to do is figure out, hey, do we need to come up with a different version of our product? Do we need to come up with a, you know, a, a version of the product that doesn't have all the bells and whistles? Now, this is something that was very, very important for the auto industry. Because, I mean, when you think about a, I think an, an example would be a company like Toyota, where Toyota is also makes Lexus. Now, if a person's coming in, they're going to buy a car, they may not have the money to buy a Lexus, or they may not be interested in buying, or they may, be, they may want some of the features of a Lexus, but they can't afford it. So one of the things you can look at and say, okay, all right, you know what, a Toyota in, in reality, for the most part, a Toyota is just very similar to a Lexus, but there are a lot of bells and whistles that they take out of the product. So you can get some of the same, I guess you say, functionality as a Lexus, but you get it at with less features and you get it with a, at a lower price point because it doesn't require as much cost to let's say to 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 make or to produce a toyota as it does a lexus because it doesn't have some some of those very very cool features that are in a lexus and when you look at your own business you have to look at that to say okay all right if the average revenue of our customers is lower than our average cost to acquire them then maybe we need to either raise our price or maybe we need to look at taking a different product strategy maybe we need to come out with a product that has less features so that we can get that in better alignment truth is all of those things are very effective and they are great but it will mean nothing if you don't do number four now number four is where you start to bring in the operations team where we really had to connect the marketing the sales what the engineering team was doing and we had to connect it with what the operations team was doing so this metric i think bringing it up on a more regular basis is what started to connect the dots so that things started to align because i mean let's be honest if you're not doing this you're probably running into a lot of issues and what's going to happen is your customers are going to get mad your customers are going to get disappointed and eventually your customers they're going to stop buying what your sales team is offering them so you want to make sure that you don't skip this part your backlog now this is working with the sales team to understand hey how much have we sold or how much have customers agreed to buy from us that we have not delivered yet if you get a good idea of the backlog and you're communicating that with your operations team, your operations team then can make decisions to say, hey, based on all the orders that are in the backlog, based on the orders that we need to get to, they can start to make very strategic decisions to say, hey, this is how we're going to adjust our operations or this is how we need to adjust our, our supply base so that we can deliver what the customers are ordering. Now, what I find sometimes when I'm working with different clients or working with different organizations is that the sales team is out doing their thing. They're selling products and they're selling things and the customer, they're signing deals with the customer. But then when you go back to the operations team, no one's really communicating clearly back to the operations team what is being sold or what's in the pipeline to be sold. And when that happens, the operations team may be making products and doing their best to contribute to the business, but with 
a limited amount of information, they may be spending more time making products that aren't in demand. Because one of the things you'll run into with operations is that there are some constraints. There's a limited amount of capacity and you need to make sure that your operations team are focused on the things that you can actually sell. And that comes into play definitely for the finance team because the finance team can be that communication link because if the finance team knows that hey we're selling these products on the front end with the sales team and the marketing team they can then communicate that back to the operations team to say hey these are the products that we're selling and then also helping provide some more context around hey not only are these the products that we're selling hey these are the products that we're selling and these are the ones that have a higher profit margin these are the ones that we should probably prioritize or these are the ones that have a higher shipping cost so hey let's figure out which ones we should prioritize and providing the operation team with a little bit more context and information so they can make the best decisions for the business. The fifth thing that we did was we had to start having some really tough conversations because this fifth one really comes into play because as you're growing, one of the things that you have to understand is that you're going to be reinvesting your cash flow back into growing your business and you got to reinvest it wisely. And one of the areas that was a challenge is managing the, you know, I'm just tell you, it's managing working capital. And this next thing that we started really monitoring, we had to make some very tough trade-off decisions and it was a lot of attention to detail on how do we effectively manage this so that we're making the right trade-offs because if we don't have the cash flow to invest in the growth that we're seeing, then the growth is going to stop. So this next one was one that we definitely had to bring as a more focus point for the team. Very important area is inventory. Now inventory has become a bigger and bigger area. Now this will probably be an area where there is a little bit of tension there. Because from an operation standpoint, they want all the inventory you will give them because they want their, their responsibility is to make sure that they can make the product and they can meet their delivery times. Now, one way to do that is to buy a bunch of material or buy a bunch of things so that when an order comes in, they can make it. I mean, even with companies like Amazon, one of the things that they have to manage a lot is the inventory to making sure that they're not holding too much or they're not holding too little and this is where the finance team has to be deeply engaged with the operations team because when you're holding too much inventory what it then starts doing is it starts impacting your working capital or it starts impacting your cash where you're spending all of your cash is tied up in inventory and things that are sitting on the shelf which means you won't have that cash to go invest in the future of the business you won't have that cash to go buy new equipment you won't have that cash to pay your employees you won't have that cash to do different things that you need to do in your business so you want to make sure that you're striking and you're finding that good balance between what is enough inventory for us to meet the customer's demands and make the products or to deliver the products that we need 
And at the same time, we don't want to have too much so that most of our cash is not tied up in our inventory. So that one will definitely require the finance team and the operations team to stay close together. And like I said, these aren't the only metrics that you should follow, or these aren't the only metrics that your operations team, I mean, it will vary depending on the type of business, but these are some very, very good metrics for the finance person to be working with the operations team to make sure that the operations team understands. This last one, we had to then bring in HR into the picture. Now, when we started bringing HR into the picture, one of the things that we really, really had to come face to face with is there were some probably less productive habits that we had about how we were trying to address this last concern. And we really had to take a step back again, making some very clear connections between, you know, functions that you no, know, they don't always talk together. But when we brought HR into this one and we really started to align things, that's where we really started to see, hey, all this great growth we were seeing in our revenue, that way we were able to support it and we were able to actually see it flow to the bottom line. And you know what? Everyone was happier when we started to get clarity around this. So enjoy this last step because this is one you don't want to leave off because I've seen a lot of companies that go through the growth stage, they get this wrong and all of this great growth that they had, it usually doesn't usually lead to the profits that they were expecting because they didn't do this last piece. So don't leave this last piece off. As you grow your business, you will need more support. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to grow the cost of your business significantly faster than you are growing the revenue of your business because that will not play out well for you in the long term because that is where companies have to then have uncomfortable conversations about, hey, unfortunately, based on the things that are going on, we now have to do either downsizing or we now have to find you know, some other ways of, of cutting costs, whether that be furloughs or whatever the case is, and it doesn't do well for the morale of your team. So you wanna make sure that you're keeping an eye on those type of metrics, your revenue, just your peer size of your business, your revenue growth, and your growth projections and then you also want to keep an eye on your revenue per headcount to make sure you are not growing the cost side of your business significantly faster than you are growing your revenue so there you have it the six things that we had to weigh in very heavily so that we could grow the business from 40 to 65 million in revenue and again you don't have to be a $40 million business to actually implement these ideas or to keep an eye on these or to monitor these things. You know what? You could just be starting out. And in fact, if you start to get these principles and these concepts in your business early on, what you will notice is growing will be a much, much smoother process for you. So, if you like this, as I always say, don't be selfish. Share this with other business owners that you know. I mean, if you know a business owner, if you know an executive, you know someone that's working in a corporate world for a business, send this episode to them because I'm telling you, this episode dramatically changed things when I was working with a company where we were trying to grow from 40 to 65 million in revenue. And then also what you can do is go over to YouTube, go to Apple, Stitcher, Google, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button 
and turn the notification bells on so that you get updates every time we release great episodes just like this.